0: It sucks. We're the TVB's Back again, you know what that means. I'm Ryan, I ain't lying. I'm Gina, with the We tune in, can't get enough. So drink up and listen up, you bee. bee. And we are back. Welcome to the sixth episode of our second season, which means that after this episode, we are halfway through a season.
1: Oh my gosh, quarantine. <laughs>
0: Thanks for sticking <laughs> with us. Uh, I hope that... We've made your stay-at-home adventures even more exciting and adventurous.
1: Even though you're in one place at one time, we hope you're listening to us.
0: Yeah, and we hope that we can take you to all of the beautiful lands that uh, we've taken you to before. And today we are taking you to the New York City nightlife, the ballroom scene to be exact, because we are reviewing the show Pose! Pose. Um, Gina, why don't you tell us a little bit of factual information about this show?
1: Of course. So in true TVB's form, I will read a little bit of what Wikipedia summarizes Pose to be. So Pose is an American drama television series about New York City's African American and Latino LGBTQ and gender nonconforming ballroom culture seen in the 1980s and in the second season, early 1990s. I do have um, a little bit of a different summary that I'd like to read that kind of diverts from the plain and simple Wikipedia. So Pose is the first scripted series to center trans and queer Black and Latino people and their experiences in the storyline and place them in the writer's room and the director's chair. Work. Yes. All together, there are 140, or probably plus, trans actors and crew members on this show and 35 LGBTQ. That's and amazing. if I didn't mention this already, if this is an FX original, and we've been watching it on Netflix currently. Yes. Seasons one and two. Yes.
0: Season two was just made available just about two weeks ago.
1: <gasps>
0: so if so you, we've been streaming. Yeah. Yes. And between the both of us, we've seen all of season two. Uh, We kind of skipped around episode to episode to just kind of fill in blanks here and there. But anything that I don't know, Gina knows, and vice versa.
1: Definitely. I mean, I'm just going to say it left me in tears.
0: Same. (laughs) I was getting really emotional the last couple of episodes. Um, All because it was all so beautifully done. It Mm -hmm. really knows how to tug at your heartstrings. And any, you know, of course, Gina's... Uh, LGBTQIA plus ally. Of course, I'm part of that community myself. And so we both can relate to and know people that remind us of various characters. So
1: exactly.
0: even if you are somebody that is, uh, that doesn't have a lot of queer exposure in your life, this is
1: a good place to start. It really
0: is. Um, you know, there are a ton of different queer shows right now. Queer Eye, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, if we were to go back into the past, there's like, uh, Tabitha Salon Takeover. Oh my God. Um,
1: that's really dynamic. Tales deep. of
0: the City, Queer as Folk. Uh, but this is a really authentic take on the show, which is really exciting. um, And we have a lot to talk about. But before we go into any of that, you know, of course, also in True TVB's fashion, we like to sip and say. So as we are saying things, we're going to have a buzzword for you guys to sip on whatever you want. Today, Gina and I are having the Ballroom Colorful Exposure cocktail that has three different cocktails, and four different uh, flavors of candies that will melt and transform your drink. Um, and so Gina's going to pick a uh, piece of paper <laughs> out of our bee's box. Uh, and whenever we say that word, whether intentionally or unintentionally in the podcast, Drink up on whatever you're having, and if you want to see exactly what we're having and what the concoction entails of, uh, head over to our Instagram at TVB's podcast. Gino, why don't you tell us what our buzzword is?
1: So <laughs> I'm laughing because we just watched this episode in season two and you had mentioned that you were going to add this to (laughs) these buzzwords. Um, The word of the episode is damn Skippy. Damn
0: Skippy.
2: (laughs) And
1: if you can also guess what character said this props to you. Mm -hmm. So anytime you hear damn Skippy throughout the episode, drink and sip on Whatever you've got cooking in front of you.
0: Yes. I also want to mention that Gina and I actually have a real office space right now. This is the first time that we're utilizing our office space. I know. How do you
1: feel? I feel, like, very professional. I
0: feel professional as well. I feel, like, damn, Skippy. We made it. Oh,
2: cheers (laughs) to that.
0: Cheers. Gina, of course, has introduced. Ooh, I taste the starburst I melting. Love it. That's really good.
1: That sweetness is rising to the top. Yeah. Just like the characters in Pose. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh,
0: so Gina, of course, envisioned this beautiful segment for us that we're going to do right now, and I'd love to start. Uh, yes. Three words to best describe Pose from each of us. Um, my three words that I've chose are fierce opulent, Mm. and riveting.
1: Damn, Skippy, those are three good words. (laughs) (laughs) I'll drink to that. Okay, give me a little synopsis of how you chose those three words off the bat.
0: Okay, well, fierce is, uh, of course, all of the characters, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in their attitude, everything is ferocious slightly vicious but at the end of the day it's all very fierce and the way that they walk the way that they present themselves in the different ballroom categories which we'll get into a little bit later everything is presented in a fierce way Mm um opulent opulent uh reminds me of uh the ballroom scene specifically the documentary that this show is based off of paris is burning which is directed by jenny livingston and the mc who uh reminds me a lot of who pray tell is based upon somebody's walking the category and he is like you are opulent o-p-u-l-e-n-t she owns everything (laughs) and That's exactly what they they embody, whether they're walking a butch queen category, whether they're walking a realness category, whether they are walking the banjee boy category, they are all opulent in the Mm -hmm. way that they do it. Even though they come from nothing and have nothing in their homes and in the squalors that they live in, they do anything that they can, whether it's mopping or... Acquiring or borrowing, they always come up. So it's
1: like a Cinderella opulent. story.
0: Yes, even if it's just for that one night, just like Cinderella, they may not always have that fairy tale ending, mm-hmm. but they for that one night,
1: and that one they moment, they
0: are it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even further, just like Gina said, just in that moment, riveting. um It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you shit. <laughs> I, like you'll go through every single emotion and bodily function, whether it's crying, hiccuping because you're gasping for air. <laughs> um, it's just everything is riveting about it and it's um, the one that I almost did is a hyphenated word breath taking but riveting takes it just a step forward because it really it drills inside of your inside of your being and it, it finds a way to connect to you.
1: Yes. I love that.
0: Gina, what are your three words?
1: Okay, so off the bat, evolution was my first word. Um, the director of Pose, I just want to read some things. I thought this was really like perfect for the word choice ed- that I did. So uh, the city's ball scene was born out of a desire to have a taste of the American dream, New York's LGBTQ individuals of the 80s. They thought they never could have had this moment. They're able to have these things, but were not. So they created a fantasy world where they could, but now it's not a fantasy anymore because it's possible. So I really think like you see throughout season one to season two, these characters joining these quote unquote houses where they're becoming a part of a family that they never had. They were taken from the streets to a house where they can really truly embody who they really are. And given i guess experiences and moments that they never would have had if they were just trying to like steal food on yep. the street to survive yep. or, you know, really just trying to like take a shower in the ocean. Like I mean, they have a house mom who is willing to like really give up everything for them in order for them to live their truest life. And I feel like with evolution, like you, and we can get into this later, but you're really finding so many different themes throughout Pose, through season one and season two. Whether that be like, what is it to truly be like LGBTQ? Like, what does it mean to have HIV? What does it mean to have HIV and then AIDS? What does it mean to be queer? I mean, you're watching people not just characters, but like true people, like what are they going through and what are they evolving to become and how is society around them evolving? Just like today's world. Like I really feel like people are evolving by what's happening. Um, not just with like what they're reading in today's headlines, but like, how can we be better? How can we fight the fight? Even though like I'm not black, and I'm not queer and I don't have AIDS, but how can I help someone who is going through this? Um, So I just feel like evolution. And once you start, I feel like you can't stop this show because you really like are right by these characters, like hoping that they succeed. And this kind of like goes to my second word, which is powerful. Every character is like a power force in some way, shape or form. Um, And it's because of that power within themselves that not only do they continue as individuals, but, like, you see them at the end of season two, really.
0: Yeah, but even, like, if somebody is feeling down or weak in the moment, they have somebody that, you know, gasses them up and makes them Mm -hmm. feel powerful again.
1: By these newly found family members, which they never had, and I feel like it kind of, like, plays true to life, where... I feel like everyone needs a friend or an ally yeah and i think that's very true for pose because you see these characters at the highest of high um, and the lowest of low but at all times um regardless if these characters are like friends or foe in the moment it's like they are allies of one another and they never let each other go. And I think you really need that in life. You need an ally, someone to fight for you at all times when you can't fight yourself. Yeah. Because some of these characters are fighting a health fight, that they're so weak that they need someone to lift them up physically, not just mentally. So powerful, I think can be found throughout Pose in many different ways. Um, and my last one is Come Back Queen because there are many queens in pose.
0: They're all queens. <laughs> They're all
1: queens. Um, But you find them coming back in different ways, whether that's coming back around the bandwagon or whether that's really like coming back because of a health scare or because...
0: Or coming back because they were ostracized and then forgiven.
1: Yeah. Or Coming Back because you haven't seen them since season one.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: but I think Come Back Queen um, is basically end of season two. No spoilers, but I really felt like immediately that's what I thought of. "Comeback Queen for many different characters. Yeah.
0: So keep those six uh, words that we, you know... Wanted to best describe pose and keep all of that in mind as we discuss this right after a break from our actual sponsor that's not us.
2: <laughs> Go figure! <laughs> we'll
0: be right back. Hey guys, we're Neptunico.
2: We make fashionable dog collars, leashes, and bandanas and donate $1 or more for every product sold to nonprofit rescue organizations.
1: This month, for Pride, we're doing something a little different. If you purchase one of our We've Got Pride bandanas, 100% of the proceeds will go to the Trevor Project, which provides aid and services to LGBTQ youth in crisis.
2: Head on over to Neptune, the letter N, co.com, to purchase yours today.
0: Okay, and we are back. Um, Thank you so much, Neptune and Co., for, you know, Telling us a little bit about you. It really is an amazing company. and you know, I've been around Neptune myself and seen him wear the fashions himself. And Neptune is Skippy. an actual dog. Yes. <laughs> um, so, damn, Skippy. Good job. Cheers um, to that. So, to talk about the show, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Normally, we jump right into the show, but I want to split it up into four categories. So Category is? Inspiration. The inspiration, as I... Forementioned was uh, Paris is Burning, which is a documentary that was filmed in the 80s by Jenny Livingston and it followed legendary houses of the real New York ball scene. There are a couple of ball houses that are actually mentioned in the show, such as the House of La the House of Mizrahi, um, the House of Balenciaga, and it.
1: And tell listeners, Ryan, if they have not watched Pose yet, what specifically, is
0: a house. So a house is your chosen family. And you all go to these balls. And these balls have different categories. Uh, Realness is uh, a trans woman who looks the most real, unclockable woman. Mm -hmm. You have Banjee Boy, and they are the ones who originated Mm -hmm. voguing. And Mm -hmm. they are the ones that you see dipping and popping and doing all of the beautiful, fluid, yet jagged arm movements and they are just the fiercest and they do some shit that it's just it's it looks almost like they're doing anti-gravity dancing mm-hmm. and uh then you have butch queen which is like you know uh i consider myself to be a butch queen and drag very cut and dry you know it's a drag queen mm-hmm. you know it's a man it's a and then you have other categories such as face where they get up real close to the judges and they inspect everything. Is it blended? Is it flawless? Does it look like there's just color popping up from your natural skin? How are the teeth? Is that a Colgate smile? Um, and so these houses, they all, uh, work together in order to gain as many trophies as they can, and they get scored. If you ever hear tens across the board,
1: ten, ten, tens across the board. That comes from
0: the ballroom scene because uh, the judges in uh, in Pose's case, it, they have five judges sitting at the table, and the MC is, you know. You better work. Uh uh-uh, uh, you weren't coming up here in that little biscuit heel. You better show me what you can do in a stiletto. <laughs> and then, you know, the judges hold up their cards almost as if they were in like the 1950s holding up cards for divers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they get 10 tens tens across the board, of course they're getting the trophy. And in If there is a tie, they would, of course, you know, have like some kind of tiebreaker. Like, okay, well, let's have you all walk the runway again. And whoever's the fiercest will get the grand prize in this. And then also there's a step further, you know, in a room full of tens, there's still the grand prize. Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody can get all tens in all of the categories, but who did the absolute best? And that person gets the grandest trophy. So it really is like the nightlife underground queer scene of competing in a world of fantasy, but it's not necessarily fantasy because they are working for this day in and day out, whether it's perfecting their runway walk, perfecting their makeup, perfecting their... Uh, presentation of garment and the presentation of how they're presenting that garment so there are many different levels to it and it's amazing and
1: uh, is there cash involved also Oh uh, so gosh
0: just... it's mainly trophies you know okay. the, the these uh the acknowledgement organiza- of, like, yeah it. these organizations they work they uh, they spend all of their money on these uh trophies so their trophy is way better than gold because you know, you could walk into another house and it, they're not going to have their cash on display, but they are going to have their trophies on display. So it's almost uh, it's almost like uh, think of big game hunters and who has the biggest antelope head on their wall. Mm-hmm. So it's in like an this documentary, uh, Paris is Burning, you meet several legendary characters such as Pepper LaBeija, who is the mother of the House of LaBeija. And the mothers of the house, they uh, organize what the category is that they're going to be doing. Say, you know, they have people that are in Banjo Boy, people in realness, people in face, people in executive realness, where they, you know, look like they are the head of the business uh but they're all going to go in renaissance wear. they're all going to go in edwardian wear. they're all going to go in disco extravaganza Mm. um so they
1: several fun things you do see throughout
0: pose several um so uh you meet several people in this documentary who are still icons whether they're alive or deceased you have pepper labeja the mother of the house of labeja um who, uh, there's another documentary called The Queen, which is now available on Netflix, and it is about a drag queen beauty pageant in the 1960s, and one of the, uh, queens, Crystal Abasia, who is Pepper's mother, uh, is the one who, uh, you will never be glamour. I don't know why she won this award, darling. You look beautiful, but you are not looking beautiful tonight. <laughs> uh, and it's this epic rant that I will definitely, I'm going to write it down right now. I definitely want to post Crystal Abeja's rant, and I also want to pose post what uh, Pepper says in uh, Crystal, in uh, Paris is Burning, but you definitely see the resemblance uh, in personality to these people. And then you also meet Dorian Corey, who is the MC and grand dame of the house. And she's the one who takes her time getting ready in her apartment and has a large walk-in closet and a room dedicated mm-hmm. to her dragon. That sounds very fellas, much like
2: Electra Feathers.
0: <laughs> very, very much so like Electra, And I'm going to get into uh, why they're even more similar in a mm-hmm. little bit uh, because it's, ha- it's going to blow your mind, Gina. Um, and you meet... Uh, People like Venus Extravaganza, who is like a trans worker, who uh, one of her lines was straight up quoted by Juju B on RuPaul's Drag Race during the season two reading challenge, where um, you look like an overgrown orangutan. <laughs> and they just say these things and they say things almost like how we uh, talked I about the transatlantic accent mm-hmm. in Hollywood last episode. They talk in fierce mm-hmm. and some of the things that they say to each other are like, damn Skippy. Ooh. <laughs> um, so the inspiration is behind that show, that documentary. I do um, have a
1: question about the houses. Yeah. With each house, and I know this is like a reoccurring thing we see throughout Pose. Are there specific rules? Like if I were to join, if you were my house mom, Mm-hmm what would my title be? What are my roles? And like, are there specific rules that I have to follow or that are known
0: back then? You wouldn't be able to perform in the balls right now. You'd be in a bio queen femme category. Okay. If you were a drag king, you would likely be in a, uh, king realness category. Um, I of course would either be, I, I would do butch queen, but I'm also really good at doing um, illusion makeup. So I could easily do um, uh, fantasy extravaganza categories. I could probably also easily do um, butch queen realness, which is, you know, it's a drag queen, mm-hmm. but they are presenting as a female illusionist. Oh, okay. So there are several different categories. And honestly, more and more categories came up um I mentioned recently executive realness. It wasn't necessarily one of the original categories Mm from the seventies, but you know, come the eighties people wanted to wear the power suits and they wanted to look like they were in big business as Bette Midler. Yeah. They wanted to look like they were the Miranda Priestly of the Mm -hmm. eighties. So they would come with their briefcases and even the men, the men and the women and the Queens by women, I mean the trans women mm-hmm. and the drag queens could all come in and they could all walk the category together and just whoever's the best is the best. You just have to look opulent. You own everything and you own 100% of this company. Um,
1: Which we do today. <laughs> today we do. Um,
0: the category is Pose Season one Mm-hmm. So we start off season one meeting a plethora of characters who, for the most part, follow us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Pray Tell, played by the brilliant and glamorous and sexy as hell, Billy Porter. So
1: sexy. Um, who also won an award for Pose.
0: Yes. And... yeah we are also going to go ahead and post all of Billy Porter's runways because he has been the runway queen of the past Porter two years. Porter is fashion. Oh, Gina, hold on. I actually am very familiar with Billy Porter from one of my favorite movies, The First Wives Club, and I didn't realize oh my it was gosh. him. He, um, I'm sorry, guys, I have to sing a brief portion of it, but do you remember that montage after the three wives get into a huge fight and there's that song and Bette Midler is like, um, shopping for groceries and, uh, uh, you, love is all the way. Yeah. So that's him singing that song. What? Yes. Um, you know,
1: my fact check cell.
0: <laughs> I know for a fact that it's him. Uh, so you meet him, you meet, Electra, who is the house mother of the House of Abundance, and let me tell you, she's played by Dominique Jackson, and she is one of the fiercest women I've ever encountered. I've always been drawn to the uh, oh Alexis gosh. Carringtons.
1: I kind of want to play the
0: world. Yeah, go for it for a minute.
1: Just want to put this out oh, there. No copyright. <laughs>
0: We're going through a uh, while, brief ad. While she's, uh, while she's pulling that up, uh, you also get to meet people such as Angel, who was a worker on the piers, and these are the piers of New York, and uh, her Johns, I forget the character's name, but he's played by Evan Peters.
1: Mm, you get a brief uh, look back into Ryan yes. Murphy's
0: uh, ensemble, brilliant cast.
1: Oh my gosh, you're so uh, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go for it a little bit so they could hear.
2: Oh,
1: that silk shirt, that chest hair.
0: Um, And so the first uh, season, especially the first couple of episodes, you're really introduced to the characters of Mm -hmm. these houses and how they intertwine, how their rivalries came about. How they
1: start, really. How they start,
0: and uh, a few characters do start, such as as the... MJ's A- MJ Rodriguez's character be- Blanca Blanca, Blanca said so, you know in the very first or second episode one of the very first scenes that we see is her getting diagnosed with HIV mm-hmm. and being very lost and then she was in the house of abundance and you know, her status was revealed and she was I believe she was exiled from the mm-hmm. house and it just goes to show that it, like e- e- even though they're uh people of queer minority and of prejudice, they are still prejudiced within themselves and they're very competitive and they can't have anything tarnishing their name and they'll do anything to hide it. Um, I
1: think it's also like, when you keep getting denied, 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 it's either you're going to just live in that denial or you're gonna do something about it. And I think Blanca is a perfect example of she kept being denied everything and she was like, you know what? I'm starting my own house. Yeah. And she did.
0: Yeah. And then you have Damon, who is a... Oh, love who, Damon. He's, he's homeless on the piers. Mm-hmm. And he's taken in by Blanca after she starts the House of Evangelista, after, mm-hmm. you know, leaving the House of Abundance. And he's very talented. And she inspires him to go to the Academy of... Dance, the new
1: school for dance. New
0: school for dance, which is very much like the Alvin Ailey school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, be, being the mother of the house, she really got protective. Sometimes overbearing, mm. in my opinion. Sometimes There's some times, moments
1: where it's like, it's okay, It's like, damn, Skippy,
0: you're fucking angry, <laughs> yeah. bitch. Um, Calm down. And,
1: but if it wasn't for that...
0: But she Realness. Bi- she built her house from the ground mm-hmm. up. She meets Esteban, Lil Poppy, who another favorite who's basically like a hustler at the piers, mm-hmm. and she sees something in him. And then you have Ricky, who ends up becoming Damon's boyfriend, and he's a very talented dancer. And she built her ground based on what she sees.
1: Everyone has their own specific talent, yeah. and she is looking for how can they add to my house. How can they add to this ballroom experience? How can I be number one? Mm -hmm. How can I get my name out there and be back out there?
0: And then Angel, the sex worker that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, she ends up leaving the House of um, Mm -hmm. Abundance and joins the House of Evangelista as well. And um, I don't really want to, even though this is a podcast where we love to spoil things, there's a lot of storylines that are so... uh,
1: Intertwined?
0: Intertwined, convoluted.
1: That uh, you just have to watch.
0: You really have to watch. And um And
1: we don't want to just give away like who lives, who dies, who makes it, who yeah. doesn't.
0: And, uh, and trust me, we are going and we know, Definitely we will. will. <laughs> but we, that you have to really yeah. watch.
1: It's not just that this one person passes away. It's like how? Why? What are the reasons? Because it's not just like, oh, they gone to a car accident. It's like in this moment of time people are being killed because yeah. of their race, because of who they love, who they want yeah. to be. It's not very um, cut and dry as like, I skinned my knee. It's like, well, why did you skin your knee? Yeah. Like, what color do you bleed, yeah. you know?
0: And in season one, you get to see a lot of growth mm-hmm. because of uh, accesses that are denied uh, one storyline that really stands out to me is when Blanca is denied entry to the gay bar and something mm. almost out of Stonewall happens where like a riot comes where it's like, well, if you guys say that you support queer, pe- no, you don't support all queer people. You only support gay men. Mm-hmm. So I have a right to be here. I am, I am as queer as you are. Another one that sticks out to me is Electra and her, um, her longtime lover from season one. Ah. Um, and he basically, he, she realizes he's only in love with her because she still has a dick. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that will make her feel like a woman is getting gender reassignment surgery so she understands, you know what? The money I get to get my furs and my jewels from him is great, but I still don't feel like myself.
1: Mm-hmm. She's not Which, truly loved would you, entirely.
0: Would you love me if I didn't have a penis. And no, he wanted a, he wanted a, he wanted a transsexual, not a transgendered woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she is a transgendered woman. I, I, and please correct me if I'm incorrect, either Gina or viewers, I do believe that transsexual means that they did not have the surgery, but transgendered woman means that they are eventually going to be having the bottom surgery. Um, And and I'll admit I'm partially ignorant for not knowing that before I'm speaking about it, but I do know that there's a big uh, difference. I know that, like, Rocky, I know that Dr. Frankenfurter is a transsexual, and I know that, like, Hedwig is a transgendered woman.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is correct, but yeah, if we are wrong in any way, shape, or form, you know, we are fine for constructive criticism. Educated. Yeah, so. uh,
0: but then it also, you know, it shows what the AIDS, uh, mm. the, 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 they called it a plague back then, what, what, what that plague was all about, and uh, Sandra Bernhardt, who's, uh, who's uh, introduced in season one as uh, Nurse Judy definitely.
1: Well, I really love nurse. She's, she's
0: an angel. She's phenomenal. She really is.
1: I mean, because nurses back then, or just people in general, for the most part, really looked at anyone that had AIDS as a monster. Yeah. You know, how could you do this to yourself? How could you spread this? And that's what I think they called it a plague. Yeah. Like, how could you literally spread this and they had no
0: clue how it was spread, even in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it uh I the only reason that it really came to another callback to Hollywood. Rock Hudson mm-hmm. is the first uh, major celebrity who died from AIDS,
1: and uh, you can find him <laughs> in Hollywood, which we discussed on our last
0: episode, uh, which is
1: another Ryan Murphy um, original.
0: And pray tell, his partner has. AIDS, and is at the AIDS ward, and um, you, you see how he goes through dealing with Costas having AIDS, mm-hmm. and how Costas reacts to having AIDS and being in dying stages. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in season one, he makes it out alive. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the end of each season, after dealing with drugs and relationship issues and, uh, phobias and hate crimes and the highest of highs and the lowest of lows for most of the characters. Um, each season ends with an episode, you know, celebrating the mothers of the year and how each person, um, and how each mother helped each house grow, and I mm-hmm. think that's really special about the, the end of each like season. It ends with like a positive
1: triumph in a way. Yeah,
0: um, and the sixth episode of season one is called love is the message and throughout the entire series I think that that's what the root Mm -hmm. of the entire series is about it's about love and enjoying what you do um before I move on to the next category do you have anything else to add for season one other than like the highlights we'll get into later
1: I think overall like stick with I mean after you watch season one stick with it because I really feel like season two Season one is definitely, to me, like a brush over to where like season two, you're really diving deep. You know, these characters already, you've already seen the diagnostic, you know, who has HIV already, you know what they're going through, you know, their struggles and you know how they started, you know, where they are now. But season two, it's like, where do they go from here? You know, like, are they going to take a pill that could possibly help with you know, AIDS. Nobody knows that at the time. They don't know if by taking this pill, they're going to get weaker or better. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also, like, sticking with the show, because after season one, I was like, okay, bravo, um, do I want to watch season two? Mm -hmm. And recently, when we decided that we wanted to really focus on the show, I was like, well, let me just watch the first episode. And luckily, at the
0: time that... um... That we decided that we were going to cover Pose for Pride Month. Uh, it season two wasn't on Netflix, and then a couple of days later, it popped up, and we were like, they All right. knew we were they coming knew. for them. Um, but
1: yeah, I just think that like stick with um the show because season two, you just feel as though like you're in involved. Do you feel like you're? You know, like you're rooting for these characters. Um,
0: there is one more major house in season one that was formed that I forgot to mention. But Candy and mm. Lulu left the House of Abundance as well because basically Electra is the hugest cunt you'll ever meet in your entire and life. And
1: you'll know who Electra is immediately once you start watching.
0: Immediately. Um, and they left to join to start the House of Ferocity. Mm-hmm. And uh, Candy is so pretty, and she's played by um, Angelica Ross, who also played the nurse on American Horror Story, nineteen eighty four. And then uh, Lulu is played by Haley Sahar, who, in my opinion, is the most beautiful person she's in large. the cast. She's um, uh, Her and. Uh, L- Lulu, Electra, and Angel, all for different reasons, are perfect tens across the board in terms of body, look, attitude, passion, drive, all tens. So, moving on. Uh, category is Madonna.
1: Mm, the perfect start to
0: season two. How Vogue became mainstream. Now, Vogue, the song, come on, Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. It came out even before... Uh, after Jenny Livingston released Paris is Burning, but before, uh, sorry, after it was filmed, before it was released, mm. um, she brought what Vogue as a lifestyle and as a dance was to mainstream and made you know, there were probably Karens in the 90s doing the Vogue dance and Madonna was also extremely vocal in making sure that her dancers were from the ballroom scene. And she, even though I'm not the hugest Madonna fan, she, without a doubt, did a lot for... uh, She was very
1: revolutionary. Acceptance
0: Mm -hmm. of queer people in the... Definitely. in, In the world. And I don't think that we'd be as progressed as we were and we probably wouldn't have a show like pose if it wasn't for artists like her, um, accepting us mm-hmm. and introducing us to a straight artist that are like, damn, Skippy, that's fine. Good choreography. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's about something different when really it had been around for like close to 20 years prior to it coming out. So, uh, thank you, Madonna for making it mainstream. And, Snaps uh,
1: hope can- you're doing well. Hope
0: you're doing well, Madonna X. Um, Category is season two. The year is now 1990. So we're going a couple of years uh, ahead of time. And uh, Madonna's Vogue is the mainstream. And everybody in the cast realizes that they are going to become big. But a lot of people are scared that they are going to become a tourist attraction. And they're Mm -hmm. going to lose their authenticity. So in season two, um, we have pray tell, uh, we learned that, you know, even though he's been hosting the AIDS ball for a long time, he comes out to a lot of people as being positive himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still has HIV. I don't believe he has AIDS at this point at the beginning of season two. And, uh, the, nurse Judy, uh, approaches, Blanca and gets her to start AZT treatment, which is basically uh, T cell treatment via medication in order to keep the white T cells up against a, gets well, a it certain takes level. A little bit it time. takes a little bit because, uh, HIV and AIDS are the same exact disease, but it's not classified as AIDS until your T cells and white blood cell count falls under, I believe the number is 400. Mm. Um, and so season two, We have, we get to see even more of Gina's. Favorite actress, Jiggly Caliente, oh playing Veronica. <laughs> uh, You're on, so
1: funny. Sipping
0: on uh, Slim Fast. Slim Fast. And,
1: the diet in that house.
0: And Electra, she has no clue where to go. She's, she was
1: homeless in the beginning she,
0: of season two. She was homeless and she was just joining every house that she could. I mean, she was cut off by her mister, I, I think his name was Jack. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that um oh hold on back to season two evan peter's character he used to pick up angel and he was also married and straight and then we don't see him at all in season two so i don't know what happened to him
1: i feel like he might resurface in season three
0: hopefully but i hope not because i love angel and Angel and poppy together um so we get to learn a lot about what has happened with uh Electra, and actually, this is one of my highlights, so I'm gonna say this, but then we also get to see things like Angel going to the Ford modeling agency and becoming a cover girl. She was the face of Wet n Wild, Mm -hmm. she booked campaigns for several major BB BB and several other um, major campaigns, all because. Blanca for uh, pushed her children to be the best that they could be. Poppy, by the end of season two, becomes an entrepreneur. Uh, not a drug da-
2: dealer anymore. Yeah, not a drug
0: dealer anymore, darling. Um, Damon becomes a uh, dancer for Malcolm Lorenz, Mick mm-hmm. Lorenz european tour after graduating he literally
1: went from the Piers to paris yes which is like outstanding
0: and um one uh parallel that i will say is that if you guys know about venus extravaganza candy has a very tragic storyline mimicking venus extravaganza's life that was very tear-jerking Um, and you know Ricky and Damon both auditioned to be dancers for Madonna's Blonde Ambition World Tour which is the tour that I mentioned that she wanted queer dancers for and
1: and then Ricky got that part yeah because I didn't see that episode
0: and uh, Pray Tell uh, is intervened by Nurse Judy and Blanca to start AZT treatment and he ends up having adverse drug reactions. So it goes to show what AZT can do and how much work it actually needed because right. everybody does not respond to it as everybody yeah. would. Um, uh, we get to see a few, a major character deal with uh, drug use. And you also get to see all of the houses becoming stronger because you know, the main house was the House of Abundance in season one, and now the House of Abundance is no longer. So it's like, which house is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the House of Evangelista? Is it going to be the House of La Beja? Is it going to well, be this the House of... season
1: had a new house, the House of Wintour.
0: The House of Wintour, which is Electra's new house. Mm-hmm. And she scoured people from the strip clubs... She went
1: all over. one of
0: them, Gina was like, is that Naomi Campbell? And I was like, no. But then I saw her in the next scene and I was like, god damn it. She does look just like Naomi Campbell. So close. So close. But there's
1: such a great, like, (sighs) Wintour is coming. And I was like, yeah. Wintour
0: is coming.
1: And it has come in season Mm -hmm. two, that's for sure. Uh,
0: But one thing that's really amazing is uh, one of the uh, judges from the House of Extravaganza is actually played by somebody from the real house of extravaganza that Venus came from in uh, Paris is burning. So, awesome. so they were able to bring a lot of not only queer people, but people from the ballroom scene. And one thing that I really love is that they, um,
1: that's like a little a Easter ape for like someone yeah. like you who like has followed, you know, this documentary and just like follows like rude Paul and just, Everything. I'm glad
0: that you mentioned RuPaul because um, even though I don't believe, he, no, he's not mentioned in the series because he no. didn't become mainstream until like 92, 93.
1: But wouldn't that be something? In if like he season had a little...
0: three. But you have contestants from RuPaul's mm-hmm. Drag Race. Um, Peppermint, who is a trans woman who was the runner-up on season nine. Uh, she plays somebody who has to do with my, uh, with my highlight of uh, – of Ms. Uh, Electra in season two. And then uh, Jiggly Caliente, who, who who's, uh, that's her stage name. Her real name is Blanca, uh, Bianca Castro. And she uh, plays Veronica, who's a part of the house of uh, Ferocity. Mm-hmm. And you get to, s- and they're both trans women from New York. And so a lot of the people are trans and from New York Mm -hmm. that are within the ballroom scene. And uh, then you have fierce allies such as Sandra Bernhardt, who herself is bisexual. But also Patty Lupone, heavily featured in season two, and Patty Lupone can be- play a bitch better than I've ever seen anybody. Who was also a
1: bitch. in Hollywood. Who
0: was also in Hollywood. Who was not really so much of a bitch, but uh, there's two definitions of a bitch. There's like a bitch, bitch, and then there's Latrice Royale's definition of a bitch, which is being in total control of herself.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Um, and I feel. like... So next like... time
1: someone calls me that word, <laughs> I'm be like, thank, thank you. Thank you.
0: I am. I am being in total control of. <laughs> Herself, love it. Um. So it it's funny seeing Patty LaPone being in control of herself in Hollywood and being a total bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh In Pose, um, and there's so much that happens in season two. It's unfathomable for us to spoil it for all of you guys, but
1: but there is going to be a season three that has yeah. been confirmed. So, watch it.
0: What well, one of my favorite things is. Um, in season two candy was uh, begging for she comes to one of the balls dressed as madonna with the bra cone and with the high ponytail and the tuxedo suit and she rips it open and you see the cone and she interrupts the banjee boy vogue sequence and she's in, which is like unheard of for, at the time yeah she's, she's begging like for like the uh, trans women to participate in the voguing category because it's becoming more mainstream and to lip sync to songs and she confronts Pray Tell and in one of my favorite lines he goes if you if you want to lip sync to a Patti LaBelle song you can go down to one of those crusty gay bars and do that but <laughs> you, that is not going to be happening at my ball and um at the end him and like the panel of judges who've never walked a ball in the day of their life. They just understand what fierceness is. Mm-hmm. They're then forced in the last episode to put on these heels and, and learn how walk. to walk in them. And, uh, pray tells like, uh, uh-uh, these are too high. And, and Electra is like, well then I, well, that's exactly the point. I am going to hold you to the same standard that you've held us to. You sound for exactly all of these like years. her. I love her accent. It's uh, so she's Tr- the actress herself is from Trinidad and Tobago, and everything that she says is very controlled and contrived, and there is a lot of. Over-enunciation of the words. A lot of
1: over-enunciation, even when she's like, hello. But I've seen
0: seen her, Gina, in doing actual interviews. And and, what is she like? Actually, I just watched one today that she did, and she was giving this press conference. She she says, no longer am I going to ask uh, your permission to be accepted. I am going to demand it. Oh, wow. And I think that that's very very beautiful um so season two definitely takes you on a ride
1: and it takes on a wild you get, ride and, and
0: you lose a few characters and but then you also gain new relationships between them and at the end of season two you get to see what the future of the house of
1: um it's like a new beginning the house
0: you get to learn how the house of evangelista is going to proceed with damon and ricky and angel and poppy all moving out of the Mm -hmm. out of the house and following their respective dreams um so uh season two definitely is a beautiful wild ride and i know it just came out two weeks ago so i and we're
1: already done (laughs) yeah
0: we're already done with it and um I, i implore you guys to watch it and Tell us what you think. And there's definitely going to be a time on a future Bees Buzz episode when it's not as spoiler-free because, you know, I don't have regular cable. Mm-hmm. So I wait for things to come out on Netflix. And so even though people might have watched it live last year, this is my first time Same. watching it. And um, I, I think it's beautiful. So it ends in May of 1991. And then we'll see what goes on from there. Maybe RuPaul, who was a huge part of the New York Seen in like I 92 feel like 93 he has to he, has have to. Have he was definitely of more of a club kid mm-hmm. he definitely was a club kid versus a um a uh ballroom queen but uh yeah um I think right now is a really good time to move into our high, our top three highlights of pose uh,
1: yes why
0: don't you start us out
1: Okay, so, I mean, it's hard to narrow down Oh, Gina, hold on, hold on.
0: Damn, Skippy. Oh,
1: thank you. (laughs) Before I start my rambles.
0: We must stay refreshed and unparched.
1: Ooh. Um, I mean, I think for Pose, it's hard to, like, narrow down on, like, three specific moments because it's just, like, an ever-changing... Like, each episode just flows so perfectly, it's like a beautiful melody like from season one to season two. But I think the first thing that really like stuck out to me in season two were these like act up protests because I really didn't know a lot about them um, and what was really like truly happening to people in the AIDS community. Like when AIDS first like was a word spoken out loud and it's like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do we stop this? This is like, I think, even before they had like AZT. It's like we need condoms. That's what we need. We don't need white people like preaching in churches saying, you know, God we're will going save to hell. This yeah. And I think like a beautiful moment, I think it's um episode one of season two, is when there's like this. Um, ACT UP meeting, and then this protest in a cathedral, and it was just, like, the main characters laying down, like, in the middle between the pews, just laying there saying, like, no, like, it's not God who's going to save us, condoms will save us, and that's the really only way that we can protect ourselves and protect others, because God willing... We were made to be lovers. We were made to exchange yep. love in any way, shape, or form. We're all God's creatures and creations. So, you know, like God's not God's not gonna bring us to hell, but this disease will if we don't have condoms, not not God's love. Yeah. So I just like love that scene because it's like so true and powerful. And, and at we- the same time, it's like, yeah, dude, all they need yeah. is a condom. So yeah. Um, But it's very, like, interesting watching that episode and then just, like, watching these peaceful protests, like, you know, not just in our own areas of, like, Oakland or San Francisco, but all throughout the world. And I feel like we've heard a lot of those central themes of, like, well, religion and God and, you know, spirituality can save us from this. And in reality, it's like we have to take a bigger look into what can really save us. And I think love, of course, for today's world, but for the HIV and AIDS, like the ACT UP protests, it's like, we want to simply state, give us condoms. And that's tr- that could be true for someone who is single and straight um, and non-queer.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I just love that moment. I just love that they came together as a family um, and as allies to really, like, make a scene. And they stayed overnight in jail, I think. Yeah. Even Pray Tell and his Gucci yep. product. I mean, you know, his designer wear. It's like, I don't care if I need to sit in jail for a night. I mean, I feel like Pray Tell will probably sit in jail for many nights if it was to prove something. Oh, absolutely. Um, And being someone who had, you know, HIV at the time, I think, like, between him and Blanca, it's like, why wouldn't we be there? But yeah. Electra wasn't. But I do think, and I know we'll talk about Electra more later, because this is Ryan's, one of his faves, if not his favorite.
0: My favorite. Um,
1: but I feel like you see Electra in that moment where Praytel is just like, basically a big F you.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you're going to come to the ball, and you're going to look, I mean, obviously stunning. 10-10-10s mm-hmm. um, 10, 10, across the board but you can't show up for us outside of this. Um, so I think, like, that's very interesting. You see Electra really form and become an ally.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, she kind of lost herself along the way, um, and I think that's because she wasn't being truly loved. She had to
0: find herself.
1: Yeah. Um, but then she realized, like, these people have my back, even though, like, I didn't have theirs. Yeah. And so you just watch her from the moment of, like, that protest, not being there to, at the end, being there for Blanca, being there for Pray really being there in general and then winning, I'm just going to say it, sorry, spoiler alert, but, like, mom of the year. Yes. So I just, I love that, and I love how, like, one of my words, like, the evolution of this character and the evolution, really, of, like, these protests and how, like, over time, like, they found other drugs and ways to make, like, these drugs better. So they're not Mm -hmm. killing people faster than they are helping people. Yeah.
0: For the most part, they truly are better, but there still is a huge stigma around HIV and AIDS, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous to me at this point. Screw you. It would almost be like confining people because they have cancer.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you have cancer. Ew, gross. Yeah. But if you told me you have COVID, I might be like, okay, can you go in the other room? Well, yeah, you
0: can't get AIDS or cancer from breathing on them unless. But
1: the thing is people back in that time period,
0: because it was it so spread. new, they
1: had no idea. So they thought if you coughed on me, just like with yeah. COVID, it's like, oh, wait, so I have AIDS now because you just coughed on me.
0: And you said. They just
1: didn't educate themselves. And you said
0: earlier, like about the AIDS monster in season two, we find out that all of the people dying of AIDS are put in mass graves on in Hart Island off of New York. because Which
1: is very eerily. True to, like, the COVID patients yeah. as well. Yeah. And, nowhere to and, and that
0: actually them. did happen. I looked it up after watching this episode, that episode of Pose, and uh, Pray Tell goes to see uh, Costas, who unfortunately passed away by season two. He goes to see him, and he's in an unmarked grave. And I'd say there's, what, maybe, like, a hundred graves in each And they're, trench. like,
1: spray-painted with the names or, the, like number, the numbers. number.
0: They're all a number.
1: And, I mean, that's just – and I think – that probably is like true with like the COVID cases. I'm sure it was a bit different, but it's like, it just shows that like with these masks, like COVID is, this is a pandemic, but with HIV AIDS, like what was happening at that moment, it was not a pandemic in the sense of what we're mm-hmm. going through right now. It's like there are ways to help. But at the time people, instead of helping were hindering. Yeah. I think. Um, Anyways, but I just I loved that moment and I love the transformation of Electra and I just love the overall sense of like people coming together to fight a good fight rather than like tear themselves down. Um, because the only way I really think you can get better, whether it's AIDS or just any type of like general sickness, um, is by like someone being there for you and really like having your back. Um But on another completely different note, something a little bit more lighter, one of my highlights is just Damon in general. Like I love a good dancer and Damon is so amazing and watching him like from season one where you're watching like his audition and he's so timid and nervous and Blanca's like, please just go out there and dance. And I think even with that audition, he started very like fumbly. Yeah. And then he just, like, transformed into this, like, little beautiful butterfly. But then, like, again, the evolution of dance. Like, we see just, like, Vogue in a whole different sense, like you were saying. And then Damon just, like, transforms Vogue into, like, his own. And then he's, like, teaching Vogue classes at... Because he didn't have a job. At the Y. And Blanc is, like, well, I just signed you up at the Y to teach Vogue. And he's, like, you can't do that there. And she's, like, oh, I just... Put up a sign in the sign-up sheet and just wanted to see who would sign up. So, anyways, it shows, you know, like, you can really, like, create and do anything that you put your mind to. Because I really think these characters, like we mentioned, like, started with jack-diddly shit. Yeah. They were kicked out of their other houses or their actual homes. Mm -hmm. Their families disowned them because of, you know, the life that they wanted to live. And... Then it just takes one person, like a house mom, like Blanca, to be like, you know what, you can dance. Let's take you to the best dance school, like in New York. She did. He made it. He went to school. And then she's like, you have no job. We're going to get you one. But it's going to be in something that you can do. Not yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to have like have you work at the grocery store. Take
0: what store. you have and grow from exactly. it.
1: Exactly. So, and he
0: also brought home a ton of uh, trophies in the Banjoe Boy category. For yes. his voguing and just in general movement skills.
1: Yes. And I just, I love watching him. And I think like you guys will probably agree if you watch season two, the dancing is just like epic. I mean, the dancing, the colors, the just, like, the outfits, the ballroom, the fun, the fantasy. It's just all, like, it's just fun. Um, and then I think I'll end with the AIDS cabaret musical. Ugh, and it's so a, good. It's so, like, it's sad, of course. Um, but this episode, um, it's in season two, and I can't remember what episode this was six I mm-hmm. believe loves the need of love today yeah so just like loves the message I think season two because uh, Billy Porter won for love is the message of season one um he won like an Emmy for that and I think this episode is what that episode in season one did yeah. for season one
0: and this is when um uh, Pray Tell is going through his um, adverse drug reactions From the AZT mm-hmm. And a lot of people From the grave Come to visit him It's almost like a, a Ebony screw. It is moment.
1: And he's like Am I going crazy?
0: And one of and the characters Is like but... I'm gonna haunt your ass
1: um, Yes And we won't say I who. will never say Okay who.
0: It, It's the most shocking death
1: But Blanca organizes This like AIDS cabaret um, In the hospital in his place, in Pray Tell's place. So she does this, and at the time, I think they were, like, on the outs for some reason.
0: Yes, because...
1: Uh, I can't remember what the ish was.
0: They... I... Oh, it was because uh, Pray Tell... And who we cannot say passed away, had that thing going on and yes, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, You'll have Anyways, to watch guys. They were
1: on the outs and Blanco was like, you know, even though we're not speaking, he at this point, you know, we all think he's on his deathbed. Well, also, she,
0: also he was very mad at her because she's the one that forced him to start taking these drugs. Mm-hmm.
1: And then so they had like so it's
0: multi-levels.
1: Yeah. Um, but Blanco stepped up and she was like, We're gonna still have this cabaret. Um, but watching these characters, like if you don't know anything about them, they can fucking sing. And when you look up Pose, it is categorized as a musical.
0: I Billy Porter performs. Yeah. Is it, it's categorized it's as a categorized musical. It's categorized
1: as a musical.
0: Well, I guess, so, yeah, because in all the balls, they're dancing to the music. But I just what? didn't
1: really like...
0: Drama musical, maybe? I just
1: didn't really like, I guess, adhere to that word throughout season one. Until this episode in season two, unless there is an episode I missed in season one where like they're
0: singing. I don't recall anybody. But I feel
1: like this, this scene and the finale is where you're like, oh, so Blanca, uh, Pray Tell, and then various other characters are singing. Patti
0: (laughs) Lapone. She is quite... Uh, What's her character's name? Uh, Geraldine. Um, um, Angeline. Oh, gosh.
1: What is her name? Uh,
0: Frederica Norman.
2: And the only reason that she
0: comes to the AIDS ball, mind you, is for her own selfish reasons to delay the progress of... Blanca. Betrayal. Betrayal. (laughs) Betrayal. Um, But Uh, yeah. She she gets her... She gets exactly what was coming to her. Exactly.
1: And you'll see what happens. But I do recommend watch this episode if you want to just feel the power and emotion of these amazing characters' voices. Because, Lord, they can sing. Sing. So those are mine. Raya, give me a little insight into your highlights.
0: Well, first of all, the... Balls, all of them are highlights to me.
1: What kind of balls?
0: (laughs) Um, I'm not talking about the kind that makes Joe Exotic happy. (laughs) Not the kind that when he was feeling sad, he'd come put his big fuzzy balls on my face. No, I'm talking about the balls where they go to perform. Every single one is outstanding because you get to see different categories about all of them. You get to see the different fashions. You get to see the different dance moves. And then it's also fabulous seeing... Pray tell, read everybody as he's announcing the categories mm-hmm. and introducing each contestant in the categories. He is like the
1: number one MC. Which
0: brings me into my second highlight already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first ball that we get to see, the house. It's a scene where the house of abundance. They all go to the museum of fashion and design in
1: the very first
0: episode so
1: they break in
0: they no they don't break in uh they go into the uh, museum and they are looking at all of the beautiful victorian and edwardian royalty designs and the museum okay five minute warning everybody out and then they hide in strategic places outside of the camera and as soon as everybody's gone and the security guard locks the door for the night, what they do is they proceed to rip all of the mannequins of the costumes. They proceed to mm. break the window to get out of the um out of the uh, museum, and they head to the underground ball. They get ready backstage, and they all come in these elegant couture royal
1: i remember that uh,
0: garments and
1: and everyone was like say what
0: and they come in and they are just everything and they end up getting grand prize of the night and then the police bust through the door because they're of course chasing these yeah. people and they realize that they're going to the ball and electra in the most elegant and Catty fashion extends her arm, limps her wrist the opposite way, and struts toward the police officers. And she has a look on her face like, Bitch, I did what I did. Now arrest me. Yeah. And I think that is such a highlight. And it's really what got me hooked on. And they're looking at her like, um... Like, okay. ma'am, <laughs> you're in a basement of yeah. a club, um. So that's a definite highlight. I love it when they mopping is the act of stealing. Mm.
2: Um,
0: so like, so like, say you're in public. Oh yeah. yeah, I mopped that from Sears, and you know the white women aren't going to know what you know. Oh he, oh that was you know he acquired that somehow. Mm-hmm. No, my mm-hmm. he they they mopped that full museum of everything that they wanted to wear for that night and the museum got everything back i'm sure but they got their trophy (laughs) um my third one is my third highlight is happens in episodes two and three where electra she's being a little bit mysterious about exactly what she's doing uh, And how she's getting money and how she can afford things and she's working at this restaurant or she's working somewhere that they know isn't open at nights but she's out all night and she comes back with all this money. She's actually working as a dominatrix, a mistress at the Hellfire Club and she has... I feel
1: like it's like so perfect for her.
0: (laughs) It's so good and she walks into the room, are you ready for your beating you little bitch? (laughs) <laughs> and I would be um, so frightened
2: <laughs> can you
0: imagine me playing Electra in the Hellfire Club I could actually kind of see it I
1: can kind of see it
0: uh, she's just whipping people handcuffing them and she's uh, she's actually very clean cut she loves her crown royale she loves her what drink does she need to get through the conversation Remy. her Remy she needs her Remy <laughs> she loves her vodka on the rocks uh, but she's very anti-drug Mhm. It's something that repulses her, except this. She has this client, Paul, who <laughs> I did not see this loves episode. taking amyl nitrate, which is poppers, and loves doing cocaine, and that'll keep him up all night. He pays her extra so he could do these drugs, and she comes back with thousands of dollars. One, and then the next time, he comes in, he goes, uh, "Oh, I am you know, oh, I had such a bad day, you know, the new partners, they're busting my balls. She goes, listen, I don't care about what you went through. You are, you're on my time. And then he proceeds to give her money, gives her extra money to do, uh, to, for him to do drugs. And then uh, he brings a gift for her, which is this gas mask that the poppers screw into. So he gets like a slow dose of it and he wants to be put in a sling. <laughs> so he's put in this sex sling. And, uh, you know, of course he gets the extra money. So now, and he says, I, I, can you come back in 20 minutes? Uh, that way everything will really hit and I'll really enjoy my beating. And sh- now she says, whatever you want, I'm on your time. Cause of course now he's paid yeah. her and you know, whatever you want. Um, so she goes into the, uh, green room the dressing room that all the dominatrixes have their lockers and their lounges and she is having tea she's reading a magazine she goes back in all right <laughs> are you ready and he says nothing and she takes off the mask and you realize he's overdosed on these oh, on this amyl nitrate and he's choked on his vomit it's coming out <laughs> she has no what to she has no clue what to do and this is when you're introduced to peppermint's character who is like, oh, no, yeah, you cannot go to the police. Uh, What happened to me last summer was I was, you know, servicing a john I got beaten, and they believed him because he was a white man. They didn't even take a word from me. And uh, it's really interesting because you get to meet a character from season one that we haven't mentioned yet, and this is somebody who is giving uh, illegal injections at pumping parties, and... (laughs) (laughs) She... I need
1: one
0: of those. <laughs> <laughs> and basically she's like uh injecting flat into these trans women's mm. cheeks and asses us to give them the bodies and the faces to soften them and you know, make them more feminine and fierce. And so she goes to them and they proceed to put his body in a suitcase and take him to the to Electra's new house. Uh New apartment where she's, you know, housing her house and she she finally has the walk-in closet that she needs to hold all of her furs and luxuries.
1: Let's be honest, that's really why she started her own house.
0: (laughs) Seriously, because she was tired of being told, you can't have the closet, use the space under your bed. She also
1: was tired of having really horrible meals. Yeah,
0: you you want us to have these 99-cent meals and cheap prison wine and (laughs) expect us to be grateful to you.
1: Watching her put the hot sauce on the popcorn was
0: amazing. (laughs) And then then she was so pissed off at the popcorn and Slim Fath, she okay she well, she, well, well wait wait first of all she was having the spaghetti 99 cent meal and flipped the table and then a few scenes later maybe in the next episode she uh you know they're having slim fast shakes and popcorn with hot sauce because we that's try
2: that. all they could
0: afford because <laughs> candy had to get her manicure
2: yeah.
0: and um and her manicure was nice mm-hmm. uh and then she rips the tablecloth off and everything falls and poor Jiggly Caliente is just looking hungry. Ugh, and man. um, and they say, what the fuck was that? She goes, it's my new signature move.
1: And I was like, damn. <laughs>
0: At that moment,
1: I knew she was going to start her own house.
0: Yeah, so she starts her own I'll house. call for my thing. And it's a... And then they proceed to sew him into a vinyl tarp and the pumping party woman says, No seams, no holes. He starts to decompose and he's all over your shoes. So and then so they pack him up real tight. After they sprinkle him with lime, they shove him in a trunk and this is a callback to uh Paris's burning because Dorian Corey, who I mentioned in our intro, uh after she passed away they found a mummified body in her trunk.
1: Oh my God. Uh-huh.
0: And with a single gunshot wound to the head with a note saying something along the lines of, I'm so sorry, but I had to do it. He tried to hurt me. And she just had And we don't bo- see this. And this is yet. the same exact closet that she was interviewed in doing all of her getting ready for Paris is burning.
1: Mm.
0: So So is uh, that a
1: foreshadowing to possibly season three?
0: Uh no, I think it was just I a think fun callback you think that's dead to like gone. actual uh, queer culture. But I if Electra ever does die, I hope it's like there's a body in her closet, a mummified body. So those are my three highlights of the show. And just like Gina, I did have a hard time um, narrowing it down to just three. But I managed to do it. Those are the moments that intrigued me and kept me wanting more.
1: Well, now I want more in terms of season three.
0: Me too. Me too. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I know that we recently were talking about slim fast and going on a diet. So please enjoy this next message from Fat Snacks.
1: Oh my gosh, Ryan. I'm really trying to lose weight for my wedding because I need to fit in this dress in like three months.
0: Well, have you heard of Fat Snacks?
1: I haven't. What is that?
0: Fat Snacks is a delicious food company that provides convenient, keto-friendly snacks such as cookies, different types of teas that really satisfy your cravings while maintaining your goals. Oh
1: my gosh. So you mean I can uh, basically eat cookies on the couch while watching Netflix?
0: In moderation, but you don't have to feel bad about it.
1: Oh my God. And this is called Fat Snacks? How do you spell it?
0: Uh F-A-T-S N-A-X. And you can find them on Instagram at at snacks, And if you use promo code SNAX5, you will get 5% off of your order. Oh my
1: god, that's amazing. I can't wait to try it and hopefully look damn good in that dress.
0: You will, girl. You will. Thanks,
1: Fat Snacks.
0: Thanks, guys. Uh mm-hmm. Welcome back. So we posted yesterday on our Instagram story, um, if you guys have any fan questions for us. And we got a lot of similar questions like, would you recommend the show? Of course we would. We wouldn't if we, we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't want to recommend it for you guys to watch. But uh, one that really was a great question is, uh, do you wish that there were more drag race queens on the show hmm. and uh yes i do but i don't think it could be anybody it can't be a queen just because they're a popular queen i do believe that they either need to be involved in the ballroom scene or they should be trans as well uh
1: or like a, a quick cameo a quick even. cameo would
0: even be great like so uh, i feel like these i would roles love to see like made
1: for people that have yeah. never had a acting experience before
0: yeah well yeah a lot of a lot of of the people within the houses exactly um but like mariah paris balenciaga is the only queen on drag race to be actively involved in the ballroom scenes and she's actually at legendary status in the ballroom scene and she's of course a part of the house of balenciaga and i would love to see her make a cameo appearance or be a character on the show i would love to see the house of balenciaga on uh season three
1: electra's house would be very interesting to have
0: totally an
1: alumni
0: um but
1: i'm kind of like that there aren't because i feel like save that for like rupaul but there's jiggly
0: who's a part of the house (laughs) of ferocity
1: isn't that a trip out of um, all the people? And
0: she's a beautiful trans woman from New York City. There's also Milan, who performs under now as an actor, Dwayne Johnson, but he definitely does Vogue.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually,
0: coincidentally, he won the lip sync on um, Drag Race to the song Vogue.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Little Kenya Michaels is a fierce uh, Puerto Rican trans queen from the show. I would love to see her on, basically. I think that if it's not Mariah, I think it should be somebody who is trans. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a few more trans queens, uh, Gia Gunn, LaShawn Beyond, Carmen Carrera, who all would make fantastic cast members, if not cameo appearances. Um, So thank you for that question. but I mean, at the end of the day, I love the authenticity of these people being brought in right off the streets yeah. because it really does seem very real. Totally. In the, why and is, thanks
1: for asking a real question. Thanks for asking. To, I,
0: I appreciate that. Um, next question. What is your favorite pose? And we can't really describe them. So how about you go to our Instagram and we'll show, show you show what you our ourselves. favorite pose is.
1: Love that. And if you have a favorite pose, send it to us, and maybe you'll find yourself on our Instagram story.
0: Actually, if you do, we will feature you on our Instagram story. No questions asked. Show us your favorite pose. Um, Okay, so now in True TV Bees fashion.
1: My favorite part.
0: I love BuzzFeed quizzes. If you listened to Bees Buzz last week, you know that I temporarily beefed with them, but I'm over it now. Um... We're going to find out which pose character we are. So let's just take the quiz let's together. Do it. Uh, the first question which are you best known for? Uh, there are six different options. Out of all of these, you know, I do think people recognize me for my attitude. Out of all I of agree. these,
1: I'm going to say my dancing skill. And
0: I agree. And I don't have like necessarily like an attitude attitude, but I people people i I'm definitely not like anybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he means to say he's unique <laughs>
0: yes. uh, what's your favorite uh, holiday? Halloween Now, my favorite holiday isn't here, but I'll say Halloween as well. Can you guess what my favorite holiday is?
1: It's not here. Uh-huh I thought it was Halloween.
0: Well. My favorite holiday is my birthday.
1: Oh. See, as I said, unique. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Choose an 80s jam. These are all really, really good. I
1: want to dance with somebody.
0: I'm choosing time after
2: time.
0: Choose a drag race star. Ah, I'm going to say Gia Gunn because I just said that she should be on Pose. Mm. And she is such a bitch
1: maybe this is alluding to
0: something uh choose a legendary house house of la Beige, of course
1: house of amazon i'm gonna go with hell no <laughs> i like house of dupree
0: house of dupree okay uh, and choose a ball category
1: oh sex sirens
0: uh bitch butch queen <gasps> up in pumps
1: oh my god can i go first you can go guess who i got
0: you got Pretel? Damon. You got Damon. Okay,
1: so I've got a big heart and even bigger dreams, which you'll move heaven and earth to achieve. Your natural-born talent gives you a major leg up when it comes to your career, but being the curious lover of life that you are, you're understandably distracted by both new passions and people. Don't be afraid to explore these paths. Just make sure to figure out and set your priorities.
0: Nice. I got Blanca. And my laptop immediately died after I got that answer, so I won't post what that means, like, what it describes. But the thing is, I just lamented to Gina this morning, like, God, she gets on my nerves so damn much. But maybe she gets on my nerves because I'm also as relentless as she is.
1: Because they're one and the same.
0: Yeah, it could be. Maybe. I'll never know. I didn't have time to read that. That Um,
1: damn battery but
0: actually it died at the perfect time because this is the time in true tv fashion when i skedaddle for when about uh, 10 minutes ryan
1: makes us drinks
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna refill our drinks
1: and i'm gonna give you guys some straight up facts about uh-huh. pose
0: and i'll actually retake the quiz while i'm doing that and plugging in my laptop so i could read uh what blanca yeah is. would you like the same thing darling
1: yes please Okay.
0: I need Remy for this conversation. I'll be back.
1: In the true words of Electra. Anywho's. so as you guys know, I love to fact check. And this fact check is brought to you by BuzzFeed. Um, these are, I'm going to go through these pretty fast uh, because some of them we've already discussed. But let's just go for it. The show creators and writers decided to set season two in 1990 to give the characters fresh storylines, which is a completely true. And I love that it's set in 1990 with a fast forward because it opens with Vogue. Uh, number two, this is something I mentioned in my highlights. Because that year in 1990, we witnessed many historic pop culture events in the LGBTQ community, like national protests demanding more inclusive access to HIV medical care and the debut of Madonna's Vogue. Tony winner Billy Porter poses Pray Tell, will be joined this season by fellow Tony winner Patti Lapone, which we discussed a little bit earlier, and you'll definitely see her in full force, and you can make your own assumptions um, of who you think she is and how maybe she... Changes towards the end of season two, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, India Moore, who played Angel, also auditioned for the role of Blanca and said they related more to her than to Angel. But the show creators decided they were meant to be for Angel, and the actor performed that iconic diner scene between Angel and Stan at the audition. I'm actually really happy that she was Angel because if you continue with season two and watch like her evolve as a character you'll really see that she is angel true and true ryan murphy knew they'd found blanca after mj rodriguez auditioned with that powerful monologue about damon getting into the new school's dance program which he did angelica ross thought she'd blown her audition but it turned out that ryan murphy had liked her performance so much that he created a new character for her candy MJ and India both starred in the ballroom-themed film Sunday Church before becoming lead co-stars on Pose. MJ also worked with Billy in the 2011 Off-Broadway revival of Rent. That is so cool. I did not know that. But yes, Queen! Dominique Jackson, who plays Electra, is from Tobago, which Ryan mentioned earlier, and wrote the 2014 autobiography, They're a Transsexual from Tobago, detailing her experiences as a trans model from the small Caribbean island. Both India and Dominique worked as models before joining Pose. I can see it work. India is a member of House of Extravaganza, a New York City-based house that was founded in 1982 and continues to be one of the most recognized houses worldwide. Ooh, the character Damon's storyline parallels with Billy's real-life storyline. They are both 17 in 1987, raised in Pennsylvania, and aspiring dancers. They both left home, although Damon was kicked out while Porter made the decision to leave. Love this next one. Pose is the first scripted series to center trans and queer Black and Latino people and their experiences in the storyline and place them in the writer's room and director's chair. And like I mentioned earlier, there are 140 trans actors and crew members on the show and 35 LGBTQ characters who aren't trans, representing more than half of the total cast and crew. A majority of the cast came to pose with very little to no on-camera experience, having never worked on a soundstage or been directed before. Love that. All of the actors and writers have opened up about experiencing homelessness, harassment, and abandonment, as well as supporting themselves with sex work, often in hostile environments. Number 17. The series has Also, had a major impact behind the camera, too, with Janet Mock becoming the first trans woman of color to be hired as a writer, producer, and director on a television series. Co creator Stephen Canals penned the first draft of the Pose pilot in 2014 while attending UCLA's Grad Film School. Number 19. Janine Livingston's classic ballroom documentary, Paris is Burning, inspired the show's concept. And number 20, Steven said he pitched the show 150 times before he finally got a yes, which came from Hollywood mogul Ryan Murphy. Yes, and that is how we came to pose today.
0: I'm back. I'm going to be in your house
1: now. Wonderful. So, Ryan, I think we discussed this a little bit earlier, but I think this is super cool in terms of, like, this is one of my favorite fact checks, and it's about the director of Pose um, or one of the directors of Pose and how she, like, just signed this, like, huge. Janet
0: Mock. Yeah.
1: This huge, like, multi, let's see. Three-year, multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. And she's the first trans woman of color to do so. Snaps. Um, I just think that's so amazing. Like, she's the first trans woman of color to write, direct, and produce for a major network series. Yep. So not just Pose, but Hollywood as well, which we discussed in our last episode.
0: Listen, if you have not already.
1: Yes. Um, and that concludes my BuzzFeed fact check. But I really think, like, bottom line, my favorite... Fact checks are about the characters of the actors themselves and like just the amazing, you know, head changing stories that they're evolving in Hollywood today.
0: And while I was uh, refreshing our drinks, I uh, took the quiz on my phone while my laptop was charging. I got Blanca Rodriguez because whether it's your friend circle or your family, you're most definitely the mom among your loved ones. Why? You're more nurturing and protective than the average person and you have the tendency of putting the needs of others before your own. You'll never stop being a role model. It's kind of your calling in life. But just remember that not taking care of yourself can actually become a huge guilty burden on those around you.
1: I love it. Yeah. So what do you think now that you've read it through and through? Do you feel like you really emulate Blanca? or Yeah, I case... mean,
0: like I said, I think maybe uh, I see the parts of myself that I wish I could tame down mm-hmm. in her, um, and that's amazing. Love it. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and post the quiz inside of our bio for you guys to tell yes. us who you got. Um, if any of you guys are Electra, then consider yourself one of my new BFFs. Ooh. <laughs> we will be back right after this message from us. Hi guys, it's me, Ryan.
1: And Gina.
0: Would you like to be a part of our behind the scenes experience? Well, I have news for you. For $4 per month, you will have exclusive access to our Patreon content, which includes all of our season one podcasts, behind the scenes photos, bloopers, and videos. One for every single TVB's season two episode, where we might cook, we might do makeup.
1: We We might play.
0: Who knows? The experience is all yours. Join now. Link in bio. We promise you will not be disappointed. New content weekly. Cheers, ya all right, so uh, we already decided to admonish the final thought segment last time, so we're going to move right into any kind of supplemental information mm. that might complement your understanding or enhance your uh repertoire of watching what you've enjoyed if you love Pose like us. Uh, I highly recommend that you guys watch Paris is Burning. I know that I recommended that to you guys last season when I watched RuPaul's Drag Race. So again, I've already talked a lot about Paris is Burning and uh, you really get to see these characters in real life and who these characters in Pose are inspired by. Uh, so I highly recommend it and uh Thank you, Dory and Corey, for introducing us to the process of closet mummification. <laughs> Thank I mean, you, Pepper Labasia. We only miss
1: one episode and it's this amazing episode. Yeah, I'm at, I'm
0: gonna I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna at least show Gina this.
1: I just scene. wanna see this mummified business. <laughs>
0: um, and also like you get to see legendary houses such as the House of Mizrahi, the House of Labasia, uh, that are still thriving today. Um, So watch Paris is Burning, uh, and then also watch The Queen, which is available on Netflix, and you'll get to see Crystal Abasia. And uh, while Gina gives her supplemental information, I'm going to pull up uh, the famous monologue of Crystal LaBeja reading. The okay, house so down. mine
1: is from HBO Max. Um, which if you have HBO Go, you might have an upgrade to HBO Max right now. But there's a new show called Legendary that's out right now, and it's so funny because in this article that I'm reading, it literally says if you haven't watched Pose, if you haven't watched RuPaul's Drag Race, if you haven't watched Paris is Burning then this is the show for you. So the basic concept of Legendary in the first season, eight houses compete in nine balls. In each episode, except for the premiere, the judges will decide who reigns superior and who goes home. The last house standing will win $100,000. And I think like that's super amazing because there's tons of different houses and there's also like choreographers and actors from Pose. That star in this show and Megan the Stallion, who I love, is one of the judges. So I think this is a perfect segue. If you haven't watched really any of anything, or if you love every show I just mentioned, um, then I think this is a perfect segue to keep going.
0: Damn Skippy. I've never heard of that. You haven't? I've never heard of that.
1: And it's so cool. Like there's so for example, there's one, two, three. There's, like, more than three houses.
0: Wow. And the end
1: is, like, who reigns supreme. So I chose House of Ninja for that quiz you just
0: mm-hmm. gave us.
1: And that's actually a house on Legendary.
0: Oh, nice. Actually, if you guys watched America's Next Top Model, Willie Ninja from the House of Ninja was uh, one of their pose instructors for several seasons. Yeah,
1: who's on this. Um, Work. Who's on the show. Legendary. So check it out, HBO Max
0: um you guys want to hear a little bit of crystal labasia go for it me. you're not
2: speaking from the damn camera you have a mind do you think she deserved
0: it you know she didn't deserve it all of them the judges I knew it too but she was terrible you know she and her deserve. explanation for why she wanted the money to put it in the
1: bank.
0: Ha, ha, ha. She's not getting what any that? money because Sabrina is not going to pay her. They're good friends. It's only
1: publicity and it's bad publicity for Holland and all the because 'Cause I'm and declared as
0: one of the, ha- the uglier people of the world. <laughs> and <laughs> next time she should drop and dump it on the news before she wears golly. it on stage you better get the hell back to Philadelphia because she's one of the worst. And where's Miss Sabrina? I'll sue the bed. I won't know I didn't sign it. And if she releases any bitch on me, I will sue the fool. She won't make money off of mine, name dog. She can make it off of Carlo and all the rest of the fools that will flock to her. But not Crystal darling. Anybody but her. You can take all the pieces you want of me, but I better not think on the street because it's over. I'm getting to go with me and Harlow, and we'll see which is more beautiful, dolly
2: The judges didn't have any taste.
0: It was with you that the judges were with, darling. You were in it. It was all week, two
2: weeks. Monique told me not to come. That's why Monique is not here, because she's one of the Monique darling.
1: Monique was not here as a friend of yours. She's a friend of
0: mine, darling. Monique, would you tell her why you didn't come? Because she knew it, fit to Holler. She said, "Crystal darling, don't go, because you're not going to get it." And
2: that's why all the true beauties did it. you It's a bad taste, and you're
0: showing your colors. I am, I am doing it back, but I got it. I have a right to my my she said that and uh if you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race you might have seen Aja portray Crystal LaBeija in the Snatch Game challenge, which snatch. was also very phenomenal, so uh, yeah, definitely watch those.
1: I guess this all leads to one final question: mm-hmm. Who are King and Queen B?
0: Ooh, King B is Pray Tell, Queen B is Electra.
1: Um, I agree with Pray Tell, but I'm going to have to say Miss Angel mm-hmm. is my queen. Um. Not to my mother of the year, but I just love her so.
0: She's a... Uh, she's and I can't a, wait
1: to see where she goes in season three.
0: She's a close second for me. Um. And
1: Electra's growing on me, I will say. When Ryan told me that before I watched season two, I was like, "Oh no. And then, like I mentioned earlier, she is evolving. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch episode three so I can see her as take this body to mummy form
0: <laughs> <laughs> and actually after like episode four he's not even mentioned so, yeah so like, i think
1: we're done with like I, that yeah. storyline
0: um so in true tvb's fashion we only rate things on a scale of three b plus b or b minus and uh on the count of three mm-hmm. let's announce What each of us think it should be one, two, three, A plus, (laughs) B plus. We both
1: agreed this um episode and last episode.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Sometimes we're not in agreement. Yeah.
0: Sometimes it's like a B plus and a B minus from each of us, but for me it's an A, a B plus. Same. Because it is a one material. Great writing. Yep. Great. Draws from history while making it fantasy. Just like Hollywood. And, fun. and um, honestly, the ballroom scene holds near and dear to me. If it wasn't for me seeing Mariah Paris Balenciaga in season three of Drag Race, I probably would have never started doing drag because she inspired me to uh, want to live a part of that scene. Uh, and, and how that, can
1: listeners find your drag performances and or
0: at, poses? At Orchid Queen, that's orchid like the flower, queen spelled K-W-E-E-N. And um, I definitely am inspired by the ballroom scene because you see versatility and all kinds of drag and all kinds of looks, but also it rings true to Everything about me that is queer, whether it's a a queer friend I know or somebody that I'm going through, every single storyline is something that I've seen in life. Um, So that's really, really phenomenal, and it's amazing to watch it unfold and be loved by millions of people around the world. Um, Next week, we are going to continue with our... queer series, and uh, it's going to be a very surprise episode, so be on the lookout on our story to see exactly what we're covering, but I promise you it's going to be g-g-g-g-g-gay.
1: Ten, ten, tens across the
2: board. Oh, yeah, category is
1: gay. Category
0: is, that's all, folks. We'll see you next week. Oh, no, week. damn
1: Skippy.
0: <laughs> damn Skippy. One last cheers.
2: Cheers, you bees.
0: Be you, be buzzin'.